This is an advert for BetterHelp. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking there are things I need to unlock in order to overcome emotional eating, then BetterHelp is for you. BetterHelp, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is an online platform that connects you to a suited therapist. You answer a few questions about yourself and the angle you want to focus on, and they will match you with a therapist. You can switch if you want to, completely free of charge if your first match is not a good fit. And I personally know that starting therapy can be overwhelming. I was so scared and ashamed in my first few months. But then when I realized how it changed my life, I wanted everyone to benefit from this magic too. So with better help, there is less friction to start therapy. I will put the link in the show notes with all the details. Basically, it's betterhelp.com slash EEM. And by using this link, you help support my podcast and you get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. And I truly believe that therapy will help you understand the layers of your emotional eating. And as I say, it all starts with awareness, awareness and awareness. So for 10% off your first month, you just need to click on the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com slash EEM. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this channel. Welcome to Emotional Eating with Marilyn, a podcast where you will learn to recognize your emotional eating behavior, overcome this behavior, and all things in between. If it's your first time here at EEM, then welcome. My name is Marilyn Rafi. I am a pharmacist and I have a PhD in genetics, and I upload an episode every Friday morning. And if you're an avid listener, then I really want to thank you because your engagement is really helping us to become one of the top listened podcasts on emotional eating. But in order to further spread the love and really break the taboo on emotional eating, we need to do more. So I would really appreciate it if you could either subscribe, leave a review or share the podcast with a friend. Now on to today's episode. Hello everyone, so today marks the one year anniversary of the EEM podcast. Actually it's not today today, it was three days ago, but still one year of EEM episodes. And while I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking, you know what, it would be good to do like a wrap up of the nice things I've learned or discussed, etc. in the podcast. I realized that actually I've learned so much through this year, although I've, I had been working on emotional eating for a, a while back then. But the fact that I've been, uh, in a way, if you want more public, not just on one-to-one uh, or in group sessions, the fact that I've been, if you want, on social media and things like that, a uh, bigger reach of people, I've had a lot of learnings, a lot of shocking things, very surprising things, actually. And I really wanted to share it with you. Uh, I thought it would be, re- I, I think you will really benefit from this. And in a way, it will really reduce the shame and the taboo and the guilt that we feel because we do emotional eating. So if you're interested in the top things I've learned throughout this year, then keep on listening. Number one, 
I've realized that many of you don't really know what emotional eating is, although you have, if you want your soul or deep down, you, you have the feeling and you know that you do it, but you don't really have the words to explain it. And basically, emotional eating is just a tool to cope with life. I always say that you have a toolbox and in your toolbox, you have different things that you different tools that you can use and pick and choose to deal with life uh, challenges uh, so emotional eaters and um, if you want the, the people that do a lot of emotional eating only have food in their toolbox but it could be so many other uh, you have many other tools that one can use some are healthy or healthier some are not healthy etc so things like uh, some people instead of eating they talk and share with friends whereas emotional eaters and a lot of if you want uh, uh, empathetic people really keep it all for themselves and then use it on food some people instead of eating they sleep or they watch tv they binge watch tv some people they do the cleaning so these are kind of you want quote-unquote healthier but also you have other uh, things that are less healthy like like people go to alcohol people go to um, you know really high high level of gym and exercise to a level that's a bit too much or workaho workaholism um, what else you have people that go to sex and things like that so basically emotional eating is just a tool in your toolbox to deal with life nothing less nothing more and nothing to be ashamed of another thing that was really eye-opening for me and I think it's really not known and I really wanted to share this with you is that uh, for me according to my statistics if you want 95% or if not more of us are emotional eating or do emotional eating in some shape or form. When I first launched this podcast, I, ha I was working with people in group sessions, in one-to-ones, etc. that do emotional eating and I hadn't realized the the breadth and the depth of, you know, this issue, how many people actually, how it affects so many people. And uh, the fact that I'm talking more about it on social media and everything is kind of breaking taboos and I'm getting a lot of people, uh, friends, family, entourage, people I, I don't know or people, colleagues and things talk to me about this and I'm realizing how much it's affecting many of you guys. The third thing that for me was one of the most surprising, I think, and I think it will be for you guys as well. And the reason why I'm sharing it is to remove shame and taboo is that uh, emotional eating occurs equally in men and women. It's not more in women. And also what I've noticed on top of it is not that uh, women, you know, they soothe their emotions of loneliness, sadness, uh, you know, belonging and things with food and whereas men, it's anger, frustration. No, I've seen that even men, they uh, soothe emotions of sadness, of loneliness, you know, as women. And in a way, it's it's really beautiful because it shows that we're all human. I know men have more pressure to act a certain way. They always say that for women, it's accepted to be sad and for men, it's accepted to be angry and vice versa. You know, women should not be angry and men should not be sad. But no... The, the real, the, if you want, the reality is that humans, men or women, have all this range of emotions. I always talk about the wheel of emotions, and we all have, feel all of the emotions uh, equally, I guess, but uh, we share, we show them differently. And I guess 
not all of you guys and not everyone does emotional eating in the same extent, if you want. Some people uh, do it more often. So I've had people that uh, do emotional eating six times a day. I've had people that just do emotional eating once a month and it doesn't really affect their life. I've had people that, you know, do emotional eating on a really small piece of chocolate. And I've had a lot of people that um, you do emotional eating on huge things. Like they would buy, uh, I don't know, three on the way back to work, three packets of uh, biscuits and finish all of them. And I've had people that are aware of this behavior and those that are not aware of this uh, behavior. So, yeah, it it affects many of us, 95%. I'm using the word affect, but I shouldn't, I guess, because I work in healthcare and I'm used to those kind of affecting, but it's not, it's not a disease and it's not, if you want a problem, although I called it an issue, it's not an issue unless it really affects your life. But I mean, I would say 95% of us uh, use food to soothe our emotion in some shape or form. Number four is that um, emotional eating actually doesn't show uh, necessarily on people's body. I've had people that are really, really thin. And, you know, if you look at them or you have assumptions just based on their body, you think that they're very happy, that they have have it all, that they don't need to soothe their emotions with food, etc. But what I've realized that actually the body size really does not reflect your level of self-confidence, of uh, if you want mental fitness or emotional fitness, because we always think, especially with people that have to lose weight, they always think that thinner people kind of have it all, they're happy, they're self-confident, etc. But that's really not the case. I've had people come to me um, that have listened to my podcast that if you look at their body you're like no definitely they're not emotional eaters and it's really a good learning that you really don't judge people based on how they look because you really really never know what happens and as a side note if you want just because the fact that I'm I'm kind of being myself vulnerable in this podcast. I've had a lot of people being vulnerable with me, sharing personal information, and you really, really never know what happens in people's life, the way they deal with life, uh, especially not with their body. So many of uh, of us are emotional eaters, uh, and we soothe our emotions, although it doesn't show in the body. And in general, I don't really like to talk about body shape and body size, etc. Because I know how uh, emotionally charged it is. I've been through that. I've received comments uh, on my body, etc. So it's not something that I think we should comment on. But I just wanted to share this with you guys. Because if you're really, really struggling and you're looking at someone who has a body that you know you think you would like to have, just realize that it doesn't uh, mean that they have the life that you would like to have. Sometimes we just project a body on... Uh, and extend it to the whole life, a body shape or size. And we think that if they have this, they have everything else that we want, but it's actually not the case. So that's the only reason why I wanted um, talking about if you want body shape or size. Number five is that there are still lots and lots and lots of taboo on emotional eating. I uh, didn't realize the extent of the taboo that there was because I've had people where we've discussed really deep stuff of 
things of you know depression and like I'm not going to give all the details because there's no trigger warning in in this uh, episode, but really, really deep uh, stuff. And then uh, they come to me and say, you know, I'm not an emotional eater, but I just uh, uh, eat uh, when I'm stressed or I'm not an emotional eater, but I've had a really horrible weekend. So I've been eating a lot, like basically binge and stuff. So there still is a, um, I don't know why we are ashamed to say in public that we use uh, food to soothe our emotions. Because if you think of it, all of us do it. But yeah, unfortunately, there's still lots of taboo. And one of my aim in, the, in this podcast is to actually break the taboo. Number six is that people think um, that emotional eating should be avoided at all costs. Or maybe they think that that's what I mean. Especially that um, my uh, introduction says the aim is to become an ex-emotional eater. And a lot of the episodes is to overcome this uh, behavior. Um, I'm going to do a specific episode on that. But um, like I said in many episodes, uh, in Emotional eating for me is neither good nor bad, but when you feel that it's really a behavior that affects your life, then it's when I feel you need or I want to help you to change and work on it. It's like if you think watching TV uh, when you're not feeling well, so you can just watch one episode when you're not feeling well and that's fine. But on the other side, you can avoid all kind of problems and issue and like procrastinate and everything and go and watch TV every time you have a, a, like a b- difficult situation in your life. Then watching TV, yeah, it could be a problem. So for me, that's the case. It's like when we use emotional eating to kind of deny uh, real life uh, issues, um, then this is when we need to work on it. Or for example, I've had many people uh, that have like clients and things like that that actually want to work on emotional eating for health reasons uh, things like um, Crohn's disease diabetes PCOS etc so whatever reason I'm not here to tell you eat or not don't eat emotional eating uh, eat or don't eat emotionally I'm just here to tell you if you feel you're struggling with this um, I'm here to help you and there's a way to change it and finally, I guess the most, uh, it's, it's not really surprise. It was surprising, but it's not like, oh my God, shock. <laughs> you know, I can't believe it. But, um, uh, the most listened episodes in my podcast, so I have more than 60, maybe 70 episodes are actually the most basic ones. The, I have one that says, um, how do I know if I am, uh, eating emotionally or how can I not eat my emotions? I have two episodes on boredom eating. They're in the top 10 episodes, both of them, um, intuiting versus emotional eating. So really the basic ones. And I'm realizing that actually there's still a lot to do. A lot of people, don't have this knowledge we haven't been taught you know at school we don't learn those kind of things um so really learning that you know going back to the basics a lot of you guys uh need more you know basic stuff and uh it's actually a very new if you want um, discipline emotional eating where there's not a lot out there and one of my goals is to bring the information to you guys 
So that was it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoyed the last year. If you just joined the podcast, have a scroll. I have so much, uh, so many episodes that I personally found so interesting with guests, like from a hypnotherapist to a, a doctor from the NHS and endocrinologist, a, a world famous, um, therapist, Susie Orbach. I have a nutritionist where we talk about intuitive eating and another nutritionist where we talk about the influence of social media, so lots and lots and things that where I talk, uh, you know, just on my own. I've really enjoyed the one year and there's lots to come. And I would really love it if you can subscribe or leave a review or share with a friend. It really actually helps a lot with the algorithm and with spreading the message. Uh, unfortunately, this is how it works. So if you could just do one of those three um either subscribe or leave a review in the podcast or share an episode with a friend. It would really help and maybe it will boost us for the next uh, year to come. And other than that, I will see you next week, Friday at 5 a.m. UK time.